Welcome to the Rumble Podcast. Here at Rumble, we are a catalyst and a movement that exists to reach men, connect them to Jesus, and equip them to live as kingdom men. In this episode, we're going to our 2022 Regular Joe Conference. This takes place every year in November, and our theme is based around Acts 4.13. How the people looked at Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were regular Joes, but they took note that they had been with Jesus. We want you to sit back, relax, and let this speak to Oh, guys. Oh, look, here's my notes from this morning. <laughs> Sorry about that, Rico. <laughs> Oops. Um, okay. Afternoon notes. Not helpful. <clears throat> that was what I thought would be helpful two weeks ago. Um, okay. Let's follow the wild goose. Right? The early Celtic Christians called the Holy Spirit. You know this. The wild goose. Let's follow the wild goose. First, breathe. 60 seconds of silence. The soul needs pauses. It needs transitional moments from one amazing thing to the next amazing thing. Okay? You don't go straight from sex to the football match on the TV, right? You have a, there's a break in there. <laughs> By the way, I love it when Liverpool creams Everton. <clears throat> okay, guys, we're just going to take a breath. 60 seconds. I, honestly, I won't take it longer than that. Silence. No conversation. Don't pray. Don't do anything. The soul needs to do nothing. Okay? Go. Okay, that's good. Um, it's been a full day. It's been a beautiful day. All kinds of great things. Some of you are wondering what I'm going to do with this. So let me just move that now so that's not a distraction for you. <clears throat> um, so Annie, sorry, my media is like almost totally trashed. But um, I would like to put up Psalm 73. I think you have that slide. Psalm 73, there it is. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. Guys, you just sang this, <laughs> right? This is the deal. Paul takes the entire Bible 
Old Testament, New Testament, Gospels, Revelation, he takes the whole thing. He boils it down to one sentence in the book of Colossians in chapter one. And he says, here's the secret. Here's how this all works. All this, these testimonies and this worship and these expiring things. Um, <laughs> I'm exhausted imagining myself trying to live this out this week. I'm already gassed and I haven't left the building. He says it, it all comes down to this. You can leave that up, Andy. He says, it is Christ in you. He says, this is the secret. This is the mystery that's been hidden for ages but has now been revealed to me, Paul says, as an apostle. It is Jesus living out and expressing himself through your created nature, through the entirety of your humanity, all of you. All of you gets to be permeated with Jesus. That is the full scriptural understanding of salvation. Salvation is to be totally permeated and inhabited with Jesus. It's the coolest thing in the world. It's the, best, it's the best news ever. I mean, there's nothing like it, okay? But the problem is, um, Satan tried to stop this whole thing by killing everyone who was involved in the beginning. Killed most of the close friends. Killed Jesus, that backfired. <clears throat> he didn't get it. Even Easter morning, he still doesn't get it. So then he kills most of the close friends of Jesus, doesn't work. So here's what he figures out. He's like, I can't stop this thing. I can't stop this revolution. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna create a brilliant counterfeit called religion within which I can warehouse millions of people. And there's just enough God words and Bible stuff. There's just enough drapery and pageantry to, to make it convincing. Okay? You understand this is what he's done? Okay. <clears throat> In order to prevent people from coming into a knowledge of who Jesus really is and what he's like. So I, I just want to tell you a little bit, because we're thinking about, you know, um, Jesus, and because he lives, and Christ in me. Who are we talking about? What's he like, actually? <laughs> Reading the Gospels without the personality of Jesus is like watching a movie with the sound turned off. It's really bizarre. He does really bizarre things. The moments that he flies off the handle, he's like, whoa, he's really angry right now. And then the next moment he does something else, you're like, what is this guy? Two stories from the book of John. There is a woman <clears throat> with a sexual reputation. Multiple lovers, serial monogamy, so to speak. Um, she is known as a woman who is sexually available. She is coming to the well that you remember, the story of the woman at the well. We've made this all so religious, we don't even see Jesus anymore. What he's really like, the wild one. He is the wild one. Because Jesus is a rabbi who's got a movement to get started. 
He's starting a revolution that is going to bring the salvation of the human soul to the earth, okay? And he's sitting at the well, and the woman walks up, and he says, hey, (laughs) guys, if you were a Jewish rabbi in that day, you didn't even speak to your wife in public. They They wouldn't even speak to a woman in public. It was not considered appropriate. They would never speak to a Jewish woman to whom they were not married. They would never, ever speak to a Samaritan woman, and they would never, ever, 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 ever speak to a Samaritan woman who is known by everyone as being sexually available. Never do it. Okay, this is the stuff that destroys your reputation. This is the stuff that makes the tabloids. Okay, you understand what's going on here. Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's on a much bigger mission. She walks up. He says, hey, babe. He not say, hey, babe. He says, hey. <clears throat> yeah, he didn't say that. It's what I say to my wife, so it slipped out. Hey, babe. He says, I would, I would love a drink of water. Could you give me a drink of water? And she's like, how is it that you, a Jew, talk to me, a Samaritan? She's like immediately thrown by this. Who is this guy? Is he coming on to me? Is he looking for a date? What is this? What's fascinating is it gets really tangled because partway through the conversation, Jesus has to say, um, why don't you go get your husband? Oh, that's a fascinating moment. Why does he need to do that? Because like, here's this man who is a man's man. He's the real McCoy, right? This guy is strong and kind. He's, He's wild, but he's holy. He's just phenomenal. And, and she's like, whoa, wait a second. He's talking to me. We're out here in the, you know, at the well. Nobody else is here. I wonder what this is about. And he goes, mm, go get your husband. And she says, oh, I have no husband. Fascinating, right? And Jesus goes, well, technically, that's true. You've had five. And the man that you're living with now is not your husband. So technically, what you say is true. She's like, gunk drops her bucket, he reads her mail, he engages her heart, he wins her over, she goes back and tells the whole village, and Jesus spends two days with the Samaritans hanging out. This is so scandalous. Jesus is absolutely scandalous to the respectable people. Right, to the people that, you know, print the church bulletins and those kinds of things. Okay. He you you don't you gotta know what you're dealing with when you're dealing with Jesus. He is so his character. He has, in many other cases, sexually available women throw themselves at his feet. They're literally wiping his feet with their hair. You know how intimate that is? He's good. (laughs) There's just there's nothing sexual there. He's, he's just solid. He's so good. He's so loving, but he is also fierce. And he is wild. Okay, he is really wild. The story of the clearing of the temple, he makes a weapon and uses it to clear the temple of the money changers. It says, Jesus made a whip 
of cords. That actually takes some time. You have to find the cords, you have to weave them together, you gotta get it so it works. He's driving livestock, cattle. He's moving, you know, beasts along with a whole bunch of angry people. What are you dealing with when you're dealing with Jesus? You're dealing with the real deal. He is the real deal. And then he shows up at the wedding of Cana. <laughs> okay, have you done the math? Have you done the math? This is a wedding reception. Some of you have seen The Chosen, so you know something of the story. It's a wedding reception. They run out of wine. It's terribly embarrassing. Jesus' mom goes to him and she says, like a good Jewish mother, they've, won, they've run out of wine. You know? And Jesus is like, oh, mom, oh, not now, not now, not yet. Because the scripture says he had not he had decided not yet to reveal himself. Fascinating. Jesus is actually flexible. He's not a rigid religious system. He is an actual person with a heart and a mind and a personality and a character. Oh, he's the real deal. So anyway, you know the story. She doesn't even get an answer from him. She just turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. So... He has them fill six stone jars, 30 gallons each. Do the math. How many gallons? 180. Thank you very much. 180 gallons of wine. That's 907 bottles. Into the party late in the evening. This would get you kicked out of your church. <laughs> it would. Okay, I, and I'm not saying, like, Jesus got the town of Cana hammered, but guys, like, 907 bottles of wine, it, you just, you've got to get the religious goo off of Jesus. You've got to get everything that's, because this is what Satan did. He's like, I'm just going to drape this guy and make him such a creepy religious figure. Nobody's going to want to follow this guy. Here's the fascinating thing about men's ministry in the church. Okay? Jesus had absolutely no problem attracting men to him and some pretty colorful characters, right? It was, it was easy. So you know that if you have the real Jesus who is free to work in your midst, you will not have a problem with your men's ministry, right? You have to let the wild one in, not the tame Jesus. What was Dorothy Sayers' line? We, we have... Declawed the lion of Judah and made him a house pet for pious old women. Right? Creepy religious Jesus. So when it says that God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever, you, who is it you are conceiving of in your mind when you invite this God to become your salvation? your character, your holiness, your brilliance, your wisdom, your guidance, your counsel, your healer. When you invite this secret into your inmost being, are you, are you tracking with me? This is really important, guys. Jesus made the ocean. He made the thunderstorm and the waterfall. He made the glens and the highlands. He made the rivers and the meadows. This is who you're dealing with. 
He is life itself. And to be connected to him is everything. It's absolutely everything. God has rigged the world so that it will not work without him. That's why it's so frustrating. Because men, out of brokenness, sin, woundedness, and bad images of God, live independently of God. We say our prayers, but then we just go live our life, right? We do the Sunday thing, then we just go do our thing. Guys, there is this invitation. In John 17, Jesus says this, Father, I pray that they would be one with us as we are one with each other. Now, in John 15, he had done the vine branch thing, right? I'm the vine, you're the branch. You, you, you don't get anything without me. You can't live, you can't breathe, you don't get nutrition, nourishment, your immune system, all of it is out of your union with me. That was John 15. Two chapters later, he takes it way beyond vine and branch. He says, the invitation is this, that you get to experience the same union with Jesus that he has with his father. That's the offer, okay? The soul is made for union with God. The soul is healed through union with God. There is no other way. George MacDonald's famous line was, without Christ, man must fail miserably or succeed even more miserably. I just have such good news. I have such good news. Because if you try any of this without union, you're not going to enjoy it. It will not be an enjoyable experience. You will not be a joyful man. Okay, All of this, everything described, only works out of union. I don't, I don't mean faith. I don't mean obedience. I don't mean correct theology. Put your hands like this. It's a little physical exercise. This is the classic prayer pose, right? And it's very religious, and I know very few people who actually pray like this frequently. Now, fold your hands in. Let the fingers intertwine within. Look at this. This is union. Now, give it a really hard squeeze. Like you're holding on. You're on the mountain cliff, and this is your, this is your mate above you, and he's lifting you up. Like, grab it like you mean it, okay? That's our daily. That's it. That's it. Union. Your soul needs union with God every day. And all the things we do, from worship to Bible study, all of it, obedience, absolutely, holiness, you bet, I'm all for it. All of that is towards union. That's why I get up in the morning and have my prayers and, and do my studies. I do it for union. That's why I stop at noon and pray again. I do it for union, like Daniel, three times a day. That's why I pray at bedtime. I do it for union with this Jesus, right? The guy at the well who doesn't care what the tabloids say. The guy hanging out with the Samaritans. The guy who 
tosses 907 bottles of wine into the party in Cana. The guy who makes a whip out of cords and clears the temple. That guy, the true, authentic man. He is the real deal. And the offer is not, get your act together, guys. Okay, go out there and, you know, get her done now. That's not it. The offer is this. Come into union with me. And through this, we can do anything. I'll help you with that woman that is really difficult to live with. I'll help you with that job that's just killing your soul. I'll help you share your faith when you feel scared to. It's this. God is the strength of my heart. That's the secret. And most of the men, I've counseled thousands of men in my career, most of them believers of some level of whatever that means, many, many denominations. I have dear, dear friends who are Catholic. I have good friends who are Greek Orthodox. And I have a ton of friends who are Protestant as well. Okay? Very, very few understand union. They don't get it. Nobody told them that's it. Like they're trying to do the obedience thing or the Bible study thing or the theology thing or the church attendance thing or the da 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 And most of them actually just end up bailing, you know, and Spud was saying, you can't even get guys back to church after COVID. Well, yeah. Church is like soul-crushing. Are you kidding me? It's like the most boring hour of the week without this and without him. But you get the wild one in the building, you get Aslan, right, who's not safe, but he's good. You get him in the building, and you get this with him, the one who made the oceans, the thunderstorms, the waterfalls. Wait, hold on a second. You get union with him? Yeah, that's the secret. Because the soul is healed through union with God, nourished through union, strengthened, matured through union. The soul is made holy through union with God. This is what he wanted me to leave you with today. What do you do with all this? You pursue this so that we can live the life that's being described here. Rescue, mission, what was it? Search and rescue for men, right? Yeah, that comes out of union. Who was the guy that was walking on the beach and rescued the fellow that was, what's his name again? Yeah, David, great guy. That came out of David's union with Christ, not just his good intentions, for heaven's sakes. It's this. The soul is made. The soul is healed through union with God. Okay? So here's what I want to do. I think I'm past my time. I'm so sorry. Um, I just want to pray and give him access to union. Okay? What are, the, what are the regions of your soul that are crying out for the healing presence of God? What are the regions of your soul that need that character? That's like, I'm good. People love him, he's fine. People hate him, he's the same guy. He just navigates anything. He doesn't, he's just good. 
He's solid. He is intact. Women throw themselves at him. You know what one of the best moments of the Gospels is? The moment beyond, like the cross, you know, the resurrection and that stuff. Easter morning. Do you know who the first person Jesus talks to is? A woman he is not married to. He talks to Mary Magdalene, the former prostitute. He's just goodness through and through. He is phenomenal. His character, his essence, his freedom. He is free. He's free. And he says, Mary. That moment just wrecks me. It's so beautiful. Okay? Your sexuality, union. Your fears, union. Your deepest wounds, union. Your PTSD, union. Your trauma, union. It's all about more of you, more of you belonging to more of God. That's what, it, that's what the hope is. That's the joy. That's the power. Okay? So we're just going to pray and ask him for union. All right? So here we go. You don't need to bow your heads. You don't need to close your eyes. He, he doesn't need that. Okay? We say, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. You might even do this again with your hands because this is what you're asking for. That deep, clenching union in my character. In my character, God. In my character, I need union. God, in my pain, I need union. Jesus, Jesus, I need union with you at every level of my being. In my mind, in my mental life, I need union. In my heart, in the deepest longings of my masculine soul, I need union. In the memories, in the memories, Lord, I need union. In the memories of my childhood, I need union. In my losses, I need union with you, Jesus. In my grief, I need union. In my joy, I need union. In all of my sexuality, I need union with you. Jesus, please. I am asking for what you promised. I am asking to be one with you like you are one with the Father. I don't want to do life independently. I don't want a life that is apart from you. There is no life. As I share my faith, Jesus, union with you. As I love my wife, union with you. As I go to work, union with you. God, my soul needs your healing presence. 
I pray for union. I'm just going to leave space right now. Where do you need union? Where do you need Jesus, the true and living man? Where do you need him? Ask for union. Jesus, in all of my trauma, I need union. In my recovery from the last two years, I need union. In my lack of brothers in my life, I need union. In love and hope and faith, I need union. Jesus, I give you everything, everything, in order to have union with you. Because God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You are my life. There is no other. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We really hope and pray that God's word has spoken to your heart and that his Holy Spirit has empowered you to go out and be an effective man. That people would look at you and really take note that you've been with Jesus. If we can help you or your church in any way in engaging and in reaching men, both inside and outside the church, this is a huge need in our time and in our world at this moment, please go onto our website, rumble.vision, and send us an email, reach out to us. We would love to get a coffee and to talk to you about some of the things that we have that can help you at a local level. But we do hope that you can join us again soon for our next episode. Be blessed, and we'll see you again soon.